It's an honor and a privilege to be with you. I never take for granted uh, stepping in Tom's place uh, here on Hope for Our Times. Uh, I'm always excited again to be here. I have a wonderful message today entitled Heaven. And we're going to allow the Word of God to give us some understanding about the eternal home of the redeemed. I want to pull up my chart here, first of all. And uh, this is a chart of time. And what you see here, we're going to deal with the things that would take place in the heavens. Uh, and then we're going to close up looking at the new heavens and new earth as they come down upon the new earth. Now, uh, again, heaven is one of those messages that you, you don't hear a lot about. Uh, everybody wants to go there. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Now, I want to quote here uh, from, the, from this magazine uh, in, in Time magazine. And, uh, you know, whenever the church don't deal with these subjects, the world will always try to deal with it. So look at this cover. This, this is a cover. It's called uh, Discovering Heaven, uh, How Our Ideas About the Afterlife Shape How We Believe. And then there's another one, Time magazine, entitled Rethinking Heaven. Uh, we don't need to rethink heaven. We need to believe heaven based on the scripture. So I'm going to give you this quote here. They said this, a running debate about the afterlife is raising new questions about the definition of heaven and what it says uh, about the meaning of life. Now, you know, again, uh, you know, heaven is biblical. And again, we don't have to rethink about heaven. We need to, we need to believe what the scripture literally teach us in regards to heaven. And again, we're going to see some beautiful things uh, as we go forward. Now, I want to quote another book here. Uh, this book is from uh, Andy, uh, 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 Randy Alcorn. Uh, it's entitled Heaven, one of the best books outside of the Bible in reference to heaven. I want to quote this. I love this. I love this quotation. Uh, Randy said this. He said, we have failed to explore and explain the Bible's magnificent teaching about heaven. No wonder a flood of unbiblical thinking has rushed in to fill the vacuum. Because the human heart cries out for answers about the afterlife, our silence on heaven is particularly striking. The truth is, in our seminaries, churches, and families, we have, uh, we have given amazingly little attention to the place where we will live forever with Christ and his people. He said, the new earth in the new universe. And again, it's going to be so good as we go through this study. We're going to find out that heaven will literally come down upon the new earth. Heaven will, will literally become a part of planet earth in the future. And again, it's going to be beautiful as we go. Uh, I want to quote here uh, C.S. Lewis from his book, Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis said this, It is since Christians have largely ceased to think about the other world that they have become so uh, uh, ineffective in this one. He said, aim at heaven and you'll get the earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you will get neither. You know, uh, people have said many times, you prophecy guys, you guys are so heavenly minded that you guys are no earthly good. And you know, that is not true because uh, if you are heavenly minded, meaning that you have a proper understanding about your future, guess what? It will make you a better, more productive person uh, in our times. You know, having a proper understanding of the future makes you a better person, uh, a better citizen uh, in the world. And again, we're going to see some beautiful things. Now, I'm a topical teacher, so I'm going to give you a list of things we're going to look at. Uh, first of all, we're going to see the importance of understanding uh, heaven. Then we're going to look at what is heaven. I'm going to literally define heaven from you. I'm going to give you a definition, many definitions in reference to heaven. Then we're going to see what does the Bible say about heaven. I'm going to give you some simple, just, just ABC type teachings about what is heaven. And then we're going to look at hard questions answered about heaven. And then we're going to close up looking at the events of heaven. Now, again, it's going to be a wonderful time of study. I would encourage you to get your notebook and pad. We're going to cover a lot of scriptures that's going to be designed to help you understand uh, Bible prophecy. So we're going to start off looking at the importance of understanding heaven. Uh, heaven is a vital part of God's future for us. Many today do not desire heaven because uh, of the misperceptions about what heaven will be like. Some, uh, for some, heaven is a boring place where we will sit on clouds and play harps all day. For others, uh, others think that heaven is a place where we will only be allowed to worship God forever, and that's it. But these views are all incorrect. The Word of God gives us a clear teaching of what heaven will be like. To understand heaven, just imagine how we live today, but without the curse of sin. Now, heaven's going to be beautiful. Uh, what we're going to see uh, from the scriptures that 
what, what Father God has in store for us is going to be so beautiful. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we step into the new world and heaven literally comes down upon the new earth, uh, it's going to be beautiful. We're going to literally live our lives uh, in the new world, in the new heavens, upon new earth, like we do today. And it's going to be a beautiful time again without sin. Now, I want to quote here uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse number 19. Look what Paul wrote. Look what Paul said. He said here in, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared uh, for them or uh, for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now here the apostle Paul is telling us that eyes have not seen nor ear heard the things that God hath prepared for us. He said, but the spirit of God hath revealed them. In other words, if you spend time in the word of God, God's spirit, the spirit of truth, he will reveal to you what God has in store for us. We're going to see a lot of different things that the Bible literally tells us about heaven. And again, uh, God has, has prepared a wonderful place uh, for the redeemed. And again, it's going to be beautiful for, for us uh, as, uh, as Christians. Now, I want to quote here from 2 Peter. Here, the apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 said this. He said, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. You know, I love this passage so much. Here, Peter said, we look for new heavens. Now, you see, there's a plural on there. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the new heavens. He said, we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. You know, our future with God is going to be a world without sin, without death, without darkness, without sorrow, without sickness. It's going to be a, a world wherein dwells righteousness. And again, this will be the eternity uh, for the redeemed. So I love teaching this message on heaven. Uh, to me, it's a very encouraging word, uh, especially in the times that we're living in. God has a beautiful future uh, that's in store for us. Now, let's look at what is heaven. I want to begin to uh, define heaven for you. So what I'm going to do here, uh, we're going to look first at uh, the Zondervan Pictorial Dictionary. We're going to look at what they say what heaven is. Uh, it says heaven is defined as the abode of God and of the good angels, where the redeemed shall someday be, where the Redeemer, Redeemer has gone and intercedes for the saints, and from which he will someday come for his own. Now here, uh, the Zondervan Pictorial Dictionary says that heaven is the abode of God. In other words, it's the place where Father God resides. Uh, Father God resides uh, in heaven. And we're going to look at that. We're going to see that. Now I'm going to give you another definition. This one's from the Holman uh, Illustrated Dictionary. And listen to what it says. Heaven is defined as part of God's creation above the earth and the waters, including air and uh, space, and serving as home for God, and his heavenly creatures. Now, again, I like this definition, too, because uh, not only is it God's abode, but it also talks about the air and it talks about space. So in light of those two definitions, what is heaven? Heaven is comprised of three different levels or three different compartments, if you want to call it. And the reason why I say that, because, again, there are certain groups out there that say that there are so many levels. Uh, one group teaches that there are nine levels of heaven. You know, the Bible only gives three, and we're going to see that here. The Bible only gives us three. So the first heaven being the beautiful sky, where a uh, 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 beautiful sky we see, the part of heaven where we get rain. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a number of verses here that's going to show you uh, that the first sky, the blue sky you see in the morning, that's considered the first heaven. And this is where we see the beautiful clouds and then we get rain. So let me give you a verse here. In the book of Job, chapter 35, verse number 5, look what Job said. He says, look to the heavens and see... And behold, the clouds which are higher than thou. Here, Job is telling us when you look into the in the morning, when you get up and you look into the beautiful uh, uh, blue sky, you literally see the heavens or the first heaven. Uh, so we we uh, we have what's called the first heaven. I'm gonna give you another verse here. Uh, the book of Psalm 147:8. Look at look look at this verse. Uh, the psalmist wrote this. He says, "Who covereth 
the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. Here again it says, who covered the heavens with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth. So the, in the first heaven we have clouds where we get rain. So this is the first heaven the Bible talks about. You can go through the scriptures. There are many other scriptures uh, that actually talk about, you know, uh, uh, the clouds giving us rain. Now, let's move on now to the second heaven. The second heaven is comprised of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all of the universe above. So let me give you a verse here to start us off. This Psalm 8, 3, the psalmist wrote, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. So the second heaven that the Bible talks about is the, is, is the Milky Ways, is the, the universe, the sun, the moon, and the stars. That's considered the second heaven. And again, uh, this is, is a heaven, no, no doubt about it. The Bible talks about it. Uh, let me give you another verse here uh, uh, talking about the second heaven. This is Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Uh, this, uh, uh, the writer wrote, uh, The firmament of the heavens to divide the day and the night, uh, firmaments of the heavens to give light on the earth. So it's talking about the sun in the second heaven giving light to the earth. So the second heaven is the universe. And there in the universe we have the stars and the Milky Ways and, and, and all that wonderful, wonderful stuff there. Now, let's move on to look at the third heaven, which is God's abode. So the third heaven is God's abode. This is where Father God resides. Let me give you a verse here. I'm going to give you a few here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1, the prophet wrote, he says, Thus saith the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? Here, uh, the third heaven is where Father God resides. You know, when a, uh, uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about the third heaven in a little bit. But, but heaven, the third heaven, this is where Father God resides. He lives there. Now, we know God, he's everywhere. His spirit is everywhere. But Father God resides uh, in the third heaven. Uh, let me give you another verse here talking about the third heaven. Uh, we're going to look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 and 4. Uh, the apostle Paul talking. Listen, listen what he said here. Paul wrote, he said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, but God knows. Such a man, uh, such a one was caught up, and I like how Paul said, to the third heaven. Verse 4, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now here the apostle Paul has given us his account when he was caught up to heaven. And I really love how Paul, he, he put a number on where he was, the place where he was. He said he was caught up to the third heaven or God's abode. You know, the Bible only gives us three heavens. God's abode, the third heaven, the second heaven, the universe, and then uh, uh, the, the beautiful sky we see where we get uh, uh, rain from the clouds. But here Paul was caught up, and the Bible says here in verse 4, Paul was caught up into paradise. He was caught up into paradise. Uh, and again, it's, it's so beautiful. Let me give you another verse here in reference to the third heaven. Uh, we're looking here at Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 14. Uh, the writer wrote this. He says, the Lord owns the world and everything in it. Listen at this, the heavens, even the highest heavens. I believe that this term highest heaven gives reference to the third heaven where Father God resides. He resides in the highest heaven. Uh, let me give you another one here. Psalm 50, verse number four. Look what the psalmist wrote. He said, he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. I love this passage. He shall call to the heavens from above. So God is above the lower heavens. He shall call to the heavens from above those heavens and to the earth that he may judge his people. God's going to judge his people. I mean, you know, the Bible is really clear in reference to the third heaven. Uh, let me give you another one here. This is uh, Psalm 11, verse number, uh, Psalm 11, 4. The psalmist wrote this, the Lord is in his holy temple. 
the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold the eyelids, uh, his eyelids try the children of men. But the scripture says that God is in his holy temple. The Lord's uh, throne is in heaven, alluding to the fact that God resides in the third heaven. And again, uh, this is a wonderful picture I want to show you here uh, from a, gr a great artist, uh, Pat Smith of Revelation Illustrated. She's a wonderful uh, artist. And look at this picture. This, this is her rendition of Revelation chapter 4. Uh, this is a, a picture of the heavenly throne room where John was caught up in Revelation chapter 4 to see the throne of God. And here he saw, he saw God's throne. He saw the elders, 24 elders around the throne. He saw the four living creatures uh, uh, before the throne, giving God glory and giving God honor. So again, I love this picture. It's a great picture uh, of, the third, uh, of the third heaven. So the Bible only gives us, again, three heavens, the sky we see, the blue sky, the universe, and the third heaven. If anybody tried to tell you, tell you that there are other heavens, uh, just totally discard it because it's unbiblical. You won't find scriptures talking about nine heavens or 12 levels of heaven, okay? Now, let's move a little bit further here, and now we're going to look at what does the Bible say about heaven? So what we're going to do here, I'm going I'm to give some simple truths, just some simple ABC uh, truths from the scripture to talk about heaven. All right, the first one I want to give, a very simple truth here is the heavens were created by God. Uh, there was no big bang theory and all this stuff happened. So let me give you a few verses here. Look at this. Genesis 1, 1. The scripture reads, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Here's another one. Revelation chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. Here, uh, an angel is going to allude to the fact that God created the heavens. Uh, verse 5 of chapter 10. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven. Uh, verse 6, and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, and the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there shall be, uh, be delayed no longer. Here, the scripture lets us know that heaven was created by God. Listen, it was no Big Bang that, that brought all of this order uh, into being. It was, it, was, it was the mind of God, a creator God, who created the heaven. This idea uh, of the three heavens, the three levels, that, that's God's idea. God created heaven. Uh, let me give you another verse here in reference to God creating heaven. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 19. Look what, look what, look, I love this passage, passage here. It says, by understanding, he established the heavens. You know, it was God's wisdom that created the heavens. You know, uh, all these millennia, why haven't the sun run into the earth? Or why haven't the sun burned, burned up planet earth? Why? Because by God's understanding, he put the sun just where he wanted it, where it give the, the earth nourishment. It give us a light by day and, and reflection of the moon by night, you know, just enough to warm us and just enough to thaw us out. I mean, to cool us off. Uh, I, mean, I say cool us off. I mean, uh, enough to warm us up in the day and, uh, and, and light enough to cool the evenings. God, in his wisdom, created uh, uh, the heavens. Uh, it was God's wisdom as to how he did these things. You know, God put all the planets in place. That was all by God's design. It was his understanding uh, that created all of this. Now, let me give you another simple truth about heaven. Heaven is the home of God's angels. You know, the angels of God, they reside in heaven. Uh, I'm going to give you a verse here, a, a very familiar passage here. In Matthew chapter 13, verse number 32, Jesus talking here, he says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father only. And again, this verse is talking about no man knows the day of the Lord's return. But the point I want to zero, zero in on is that not even the angels which are in heaven, and these are God's angels, the good angels, uh, the angels that fell with Satan, they are not in the third heaven anymore. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Uh, when iniquity was found in Lucifer, God purged heaven immediately. And Satan now, his kingdom is in the lower heavens. In other words, uh, he's in the lower, lower heavens. He's not, he's not in hell yet. That's a judgment that's coming. Uh, but he's not in the third heaven or God's abode. Now, God's angels, uh, they reside there uh, in the third heaven. Now, 
Here's another truth I want to give you about heaven. Heaven is where the believer's rewards are. Now, there was a time I was with you, and we did a series dealing with uh, the judgment seat of Christ. And we alluded to the fact that every believer will literally be judged uh, by Christ uh, for our works after salvation. So I want to give you here uh, the Bible. This is a wonderful passage here, but it's talking about our rewards being in heaven. Uh, We find this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Look what Peter wrote. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen to this. To an inheritance uh, incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away. Listen to this. Reserved in heaven for you. Listen, saints. Our rewards are in heaven. The Bible said this is an inheritance that is incorruptible. The Bible says this is, a, this is an inheritance that is undefiled. But it also says that this uh, undefiled and uh, an incorruptible inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. So our rewards, uh, we will receive them in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. And again, it's going to be wonderful. And again, uh, that's, this, just a, this is just a simple truth uh, about, about heaven. Now, I want to move a step further here. And now we're going to begin to look at hard questions answered about heaven. You know, there are a number of questions uh, that we've gotten throughout the years in reference to heaven. I, I did a series one time before dealing with questions. So I'm going to touch some of those questions again, but uh, we're going to look, focus in these, these questions on heaven. Uh, and we're going to answer those questions again, based on the scripture. So uh, I'm going to give you the list of questions first, and then we're going to come back to each one of them and answer them separately. So the first question I'm going to deal with is, do we become angels when we die? The second question is, do we spend eternity in the third heaven? The third question is, will there be animals in heaven? Uh, the fourth question is, will sinners ever go to heaven? That's a good question. Then the last question is, where do Christians go after death? Now, these are questions that we get all the time in reference to heaven. So we'll look at, look at these wonderful, wonderful questions, and then we're going to answer them uh, from the Word of God. So let's move now to the first question. And look at this. I, I like this picture. Do we become angels when we die? You know, this is a, a question that is given, uh, uh, asked all the time. And people a lot of time think that, that when a person died, they immediately become an angel or they get angels wings and, uh, or a baby, when a baby die, uh, the baby becomes a chair. Well, you know, this is totally unbiblical, uh, to answer the question. The answer is no, we do not become angels, uh, when we die. As a matter of fact, and I, 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 I think I answered this question uh, on our question and answer time with you before, but. Uh, God, Jesus did not die for angels. He died for humanity. If a person becomes an angel, he becomes unredeemable. Jesus never died for angels. So your loved ones who have died and are in heaven, none of them have become angels. They are still of the human family. They're still of the human class. And Jesus died for the human family, uh, the human class. Uh, he shed his blood. He, be, he, he came through the womb of, of Mary as a human being to die for our sins, and therefore, uh, the humankind <clears throat> is only redeemable and not and not angels. But I want to give you a wonderful quote here from uh, uh, from uh, the late Dr. Grant Jeffrey from his book called Journey uh, into Eternity. Listen to what he says in in regards to this. He said one of the most popular but erroneous ideas that has confused people over the centuries is a mistaken idea that departed saints become angels after death or after they die. However, the clear teaching of Scripture is that angels are a separate class of spiritual beings distinct from humans who were created in the beginning by Jesus Christ. So here, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Jeffrey is saying here that that mankind and angel kind are two different class of beings. We do not become angels, and don't let anybody tell you that. Uh, our loved ones have not, you know, earned their wings. You know, I heard it all the time. Oh, I saw, I saw this, and I saw that, and mom now has wings. No, mom does not have wings. Dad does not have wings, and a baby does not become a cherub. Uh, when they enter heaven, they go into heaven, uh, and we'll talk about that, what happens to Christians when they die uh, uh, in a little bit. So uh, I think what has happened, though, 
some of the some of the mistakes or the misunderstanding about this particular teaching uh, happened as a result of a passage found in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus he was challenged by the by the Pharisees in reference to a lady who married seven brothers. Uh, and each one of these brothers died. And the scripture tells us here that the Pharisees tried to challenge Jesus to ask him, when this lady goes to heaven, who would she be married to? So here Jesus is going to give an answer to a question, which I think in this answer, many people have misinterpreted to believe that we become angels when we die. So let's look here at the gospel of Luke chapter 20, verse 34 through 36. We're going to pick up in verse 34. So Jesus answered the question, and Jesus answered and said unto them, to the Pharisees, he said, the children of this world are marry and are given in marriage, but they which are accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Now here, Jesus is asking the question, he's letting, letting these Pharisees and Sadducees know, listen, this lady, even though she married seven brothers who died, uh, when she get to heaven, she will not be married to either, neither one of them because those that are, are of the kingdom and those that are of the resurrection, they are no longer married. And he said that they are equal to the angels, meaning that these people, they will be glorified. Uh, the glorified saints will never, ever participate in marriage ever again. We that are raptured at the time of the rapture and the dead in Christ that rise first, uh, all will be glorified. Every one of us that are glorified, we will no longer participate uh, in marriage ever again. But we will be glorified. In other words, we'll have the same abilities that Jesus had after he was glorified. You know, Jesus walked into the building without using the door. Uh, they saw Jesus here, and then they saw Jesus at another place. Uh, the same ability that Jesus had, we will have the same abilities as well as the glorified. He said that we are equal to the angels, but he does not, he, he's not saying here that we become angels. And I think that's what people have literally uh, taken this scripture out of context and created a whole new doctrine, which again is total, total uh, falsehood, and again, uh, not biblical. Now, let's move on to the next question. The next question is this. Do we spend eternity in the third heaven? The answer is a big fat no. Now, you say, Brother Perkins, wait a minute. I've been taught all my life that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Well, that is true. You will go to heaven if you're born again. Uh, but when we get to eternity, the, the, the actual end of the story, heaven will literally come down upon the new earth. Uh, we won't spend eternity in the third heaven or God's abode. We're going to spend eternity upon the new earth, as the Bible says. I'm going to go back to the passage here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 13. Peter said this. He said, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Now, that new earth is where we're going to spend eternity forever. Heaven will literally come down upon the new earth. And again, we're going to spend eternity forever uh, in the new earth. And the new earth will be uh, a place without sin, without sorrow, without the devil. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible says the new Jerusalem will come out of the third heaven and it will literally reside on planet earth. The scripture says God's throne will be in the new earth and Jesus the Lamb's throne will be in the earth. So heaven will literally become a part of the new earth. Uh, let me give you another passage here. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. It's called the Beatitudes. Jesus quoting here. He said, verse 5, Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We're going to be earth dwellers in the new world. Uh, uh, again, heaven will come up on the new earth. The Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the uh, the earth. Now, this passage Jesus was literally quoting, it actually come out of uh, the book of Psalm 37. So look at this, Psalm 37, 11. Uh, the psalmist wrote, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So we're going to spend eternity upon the new earth, uh, and the, 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 the heavens will literally come down and be a part of the new earth. God's throne will literally be a part of the new earth. And again, that will be the new paradise. The Bible says we're going to go into the new Jerusalem, which is the new paradise. And again, we will spend eternity there. So it's going to be beautiful 
uh, as we uh, spend time, you know, with God uh, on planet Earth. God made us as earth dwellers. As a matter of fact, Adam, uh, his name, Adam, is of the earth. It was always God's will for mankind to live and exist on planet Earth. Uh, this is what God created us from, and it was always the will of God for us to spend eternity on planet Earth. But it's going to be a brand new world uh, wherein there was nothing but righteousness, no more sickness, no more sorrow. Now, let's move to the next question. The question is this. Will there be animals in heaven? And I have a picture here of the second coming. I really like this. But I'm asking the question. The answer is, yes, there will be animals in heaven. As a matter of fact, you see this wonderful picture here. This is the second coming of Christ. And here you have the redeemed coming back with Christ. This is after the tribulation going into the, uh, uh, coming into the uh, second coming, going into the battle of Armageddon. I'm going to read a verse here, uh, two verses here. This is uh, Revelation 19, verse 11. Uh, here, Jesus, Scripture says, talking about Jesus, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. So here, the passage is telling us here that Jesus, John said, I saw Jesus coming out of heaven. He said, heaven was open, and he saw Jesus coming out of heaven on a white horse. So that, that ain't, I mean, that, that horse was in heaven. Yes, there will be animals in heaven. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we, we make prophecy spooky. You know, we, uh, we, you know we, we make it unpractical. You know, uh, uh, eternity is a practical, tangible eternity. You know, God created animals. Animals will always be a part of our existence. And yes, there are animals in heaven. Uh, I'm going to give you another verse here in Revelation 19. This is verse number 14. Again, alluding to the fact that there are animals in heaven. Look at, look, at, look at verse 14. John wrote, he says, And the armies which were in heaven followed him, followed Jesus, upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now, those horse riders there will be us, the, the, the glorified saints who are coming out of heaven with Jesus as he's come back in the second coming to deliver the nation of Israel from the Antichrist. But listen, saints, we're going to mount up on those horses in heaven. So there are animals in heaven. And I also believe that there will be animals in the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, heaven was always a part of God's design. You know, and I get this question everywhere I go. Uh, will there be animals? Will I know my animals? Uh, you know, there will be animals uh, in the future. And again, heaven, uh, heaven right now has many, angel, many uh, animals there. Uh, and again, we see these horses here. So again, I'm just, just answering some questions related, related to heaven. Now, uh, uh, let's go now. And now here's another question I want to give you. Now, this one I want you to stop and think for a few seconds. This question is this. Will sinners ever go to heaven? Now, uh, this is an amazing question. A lot of people say, well, Brother Perkins, no, a sinner will never go to heaven. Uh, the answer, I believe, is yes, they will. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Uh, the reason why I say yes, the sinner will go to heaven, because I believe that they will go to heaven uh, in the dispensation known as the great white throne judgment. There is a time where God is going to judge the unredeemed. The unredeemed, the Bible says, will literally stand before the throne of God. Uh, the Bible said that God, he's going to resurrect the unredeemed from hell or from Hades and Sheol. Uh, what's going to happen, the spirit and soul of the damned will literally go back into their bodies, and then they're going to literally be uh, called to the throne room of heaven. And I believe during that time, while they are uh, at the throne room, at the white throne judgment, uh, uh, planet Earth will go under this renovation uh, that, that, uh, that Peter talked about. The, the elements, they're going to melt with fervent heat. God is going to renovate this world, uh, all the contaminants. He's going to remove the contaminants of this current world uh, while that white throne judgment is going on. And then after that, Peter said, we have new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. So let me give you a verse here. I do believe that the unredeemed will go to heaven, but it's, it's in the dispensation of the great white throne judgment. So look here at Revelation chapter 20. We're going to look here. Uh, this is an amazing passage here. I'm going to read here in verse number 11. John wrote, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth 
and the heaven fled away. Talking about the, the, the second heaven and the first heaven, they fled away, and there was no more place found for them. In other words, at the time of the white throne judgment, the current heaven and earth that we know, God is going to renovate it. Peter said the fire of God is going to try it. It's gonna, God's going to renovate it. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna fashion it to a new world wherein dwells nothing but righteousness. Sin will be removed. Uh, Revelation 22.3 says that the curse will be taken out of the earth. When we see the new earth uh, after the renovation, it's going to be the way God gave it to Adam and Eve in the beginning. Uh, this world is going to be renovated. So here, I believe, in Revelation chapter 20, we literally see uh, when the unredeemed stand before God in heaven. Let me give another verse. Same chapter here, Revelation 20, verse number 12. Look what John said here. Verse 12, John says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So here, the dead, the unredeemed, the sinner who didn't receive Christ, uh, the unredeemed man who rejected Christ, who rejected God's love advance, he will now uh, stand before the throne of God. And we know the throne of God is in the third heaven. He will stand before God in the, I call it the dispensation. It's a period of time where God is going to judge the unredeemed and mankind going to give an account before God for what they have done by rejecting him. Here the Bible says that God's going to open the books on them. Uh, the word of God is going to open up on the unredeemed. And also uh, uh, the Bible, again, the Bible and, 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 and God's going to judge the unredeemed. He's going to show man everything he did to save them. But the unredeemed will go to heaven. Uh, they will go before the throne of God to be judged. And then the scripture says that every one of them that are, that are judged at that time, they will be literally cast uh, into the lake of fire. And they will be in a spirit, soul, flesh, body forever and ever. Uh, that's a very sobering uh, reality, but it's true. Now, let's move on to the next question. Here's the next question dealing with heaven and everything. Where do Christians go after death? Now, some teach that when a believer dies, uh, uh, they go to, they go to uh, uh, death and his soul sleep and they're forever there. Well, that's totally unbiblical. Uh, here, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, he lets us know when a Christian died today, they immediately go into heaven. The spirit and soul of the redeemed immediately goes into heaven. So your loved ones who have died, they died born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. Uh, they may have suffered here on earth, but the minute they died, the minute their spirit and soul left their body, immediately they are ushered into the presence of God. Uh, the Bible, uh, scholars call that body, that spirit body, an intermediate body. It's a body nonetheless. Now, we know that flesh is still in the earth awaiting the rapture where God will bring the spirit and soul back together with that flesh, and then he'll glorify them. But in the interim, when a, when a Christian dies today, his spirit and soul is separate from his body, and his spirit and soul immediately goes into the presence of God. So look at this passage. Many of you know this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8. The apostle Paul wrote, he says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body or from the flesh and to be present with the Lord. So when a Christian dies today, he's after him from the body, but his spirit and soul immediately goes into the presence of God. And he's there uh, before God. And, and, and as he's there, you know, uh, 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 he, he, he has no more, no more uh, uh, sickness and sorrow. He's there worshiping God. He's there in heaven. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want to pull up my chart here. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. Now, I'm going to give you another account to actually prove this. I want you to look here. Now, this is during the time of the Great Tribulation. And the Bible is going to let us know here that on the onset of the Tribulation, uh, there will be many people that will literally come to Christ. And even in the first three and a half years, many people will literally die for their testimony. But I'm going to give you the account here in Revelation chapter 6. And as we look at Revelation chapter 6, it's going to give us some insight again into what happens to a Christian when they die. Because at the first part of the tribulation, these people, the Bible says, they're going to die for their testimony. But where are they uh, pictured? So go with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 6. Verses 9 and 10. This is in the future during the time of the tribulation. This is uh, after Jesus releases the fifth seal during the tribulation. Uh, uh, we're going to look here at verse number 9. 
Uh, the scripture says, and when he, Jesus, had opened the fifth seal, John said, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Here, in chapter 6, Revelation, this is during the time, the first part of the tribulation, you got many people that will come to Christ, and even in the first part of the tribulation, many of them will die for their testimony. They're going to die a martyr's death. And the scripture says here, John said, I saw these people, this is in the future, I saw these people standing before the altar of God. Uh, they were slain, he said, for their testimony. But what's amazing is that these people died on earth in the first part of the tribulation, but John now sees them in the future in heaven. So as a, they were Christian, they died on earth, but immediately their soul and spirit was pictured in heaven. Now, something amazing about this too is that they're in heaven, but guess what? They have full memory and reference to what happened on earth. They said, God, how long would it be before you avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? Lord, how long will it be before you get those people who, who martyred us, who killed us? They're in heaven. Uh, they, uh, their bodies are still in the earth waiting for the resurrection because there will be another resurrection uh, right before the millennial kingdom. God's going to resurrect these, uh, their bodies to reunite with their flesh. And then these tribulation saints will also be glorified like we that are raptured before. Uh, they will be glorified just like us. But here uh, they, have, they, they were slain for their testimony and then they will be uh, resurrected. Now go back to the passage. I'm, I'm going to read verse number 11. Look what John uh, goes, goes on to write. He says, talking to these, uh, these tribulation saints that were martyred, he said, and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So the Bible says white robes were given to them. They were, they were, they were commanded to rest for a little season because you got other brothers in the tribulation who's going to die like you. And then basically we're going to avenge you uh, 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 at the end of the tribulation. And that's when God's going to do that. He's going he's gonna to avenge them by judging the Antichrist and those, uh, those that have come against the righteous during that time. You know, uh, the Bible is quite clear in reference to uh, these events and different things uh, that will happen. Uh, so, you know, we see a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of different different. Uh, well, we get a lot of different questions uh, about heaven, and the Bible gives us some really good, solid answers. Now, we're going to move a step further, uh, coming down to the latter part of this particular study. And now, what I want to do, I want to I want to look at some of the events that will literally take place in the heavens. Uh, these events that's going to literally transpire in the heavens. So, what I'm going to do here, uh, the first event I want to show you that would take place in the heavens is the rapture of the church. And look at this, the rapture of the church, uh, the rapture would take place uh, in the first heaven. In other words, Christ's going to come down and the Bible says we will be caught up to meet him. We're going to meet him in the air. We're going to meet Christ at a time of the rapture in the first heaven. And then we'll, we'll go on to heaven from there. So I'm going to read the passage here. This is uh, Revel uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses uh, really 16, uh, 13 through 18, but I'm going to pick up here in verse number 16. John wrote this. He says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, from the third heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead of Christ shall be raised first. At the time, uh, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. And the Bible says, then we which are alive shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet him in the clouds. So the rapture would be an event in the first heaven. We're going to meet Jesus in the heavens. In the first heaven, we're going to be caught up to where he is. And then we will, we will literally uh, go, uh, go from there into the third heaven. Now, let me give you another one. And we talked about this the last time I was with you. Uh, the next event that would take place in heaven, uh, this is a third heaven event. It is then the event we, 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 know, we know as the uh, judgment seat of Christ. Uh, this is Romans chapter uh, 14, verse number 10, and 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Uh, we know the story in reference to that. The judgment seat of Christ, this is a judgment only for the redeemed, only for the righteous. Uh, we will be there, those of us that are born again, to give an account for our work and service as a Christian. But this event will take place in the third heaven. Not on earth, not in the sky, not in the universe, in the third heaven, uh, the Bema seat of Christ. Jesus is going to, 
He's going to set up uh, the Bema Seat Judgment. Now, I want to go back to the chart here, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you another event that would transpire. So I'm going to take it to the chart. We're going to go up. We're in the third heavens here, and we're going to see another event called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb and then the Second Coming of Christ. Now, these are events that will literally transpire in the heavens. So I want to give you this next event that would take place in the third heaven. Uh, we find this in Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 through 10. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. I love this. Uh, this would be an event that is only for the redeemed. The Bible says, blessed are those that are called to this wonderful supper uh, that would be in heaven. Uh, as a matter of fact, Revelation chapter 19, verse 1, John said, I saw much people in heaven. And then it goes on to go on to talk about blessed are those that would be a part of this wonderful banquet. Uh, I've, I've said many times from many pulpits across the country that uh, Brother Perkins was very excited when he found out that there would be food in heaven. Well, this is a marriage supper celebrating the, uh, 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 the marriage of the Lamb. And again, we will be a part of this wonderful, blessed event in the heavens. Uh, but this is a heavenly event nonetheless. Now, the next event in the heavens will literally be the second coming of Christ. We alluded to it earlier. Uh, this is found in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. Now, this Christ will come from the third heavens. Uh, through the universe to the first heaven, and then he's going to come all the way back to planet Earth. As a matter of fact, in the second coming, he's coming back from the third heaven all the way to the land of Israel. His feet will stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, but he's coming back, and he's going to come to the, the valley of Megiddo. And again, he's going to judge his enemies, Antichrist, and those uh, that are formed in alliance with him. Christ is coming back at that time. Again, it's going to be an amazing event. So this event here, the second coming, will actually be in the lower heavens. Uh, when Jesus comes back, the world going to look. The Bible says, every eye shall see him. Uh, I'm, I imagine all the cameras, and uh, they're going to be trained on this glow that's coming out of the third heaven uh, into the universe. Uh, they're, going to, they're going to literally see, uh, as Christ actually comes into our atmosphere, they're going to go, what is this? And it's going to literally be the second coming of Christ. Jesus coming back at that time as a man of war uh, to judge the world. Now, let me give you another event that would take place in heaven. And I talked about it uh, a few minutes ago, but I, I want to give it to you because this, this is a heavenly event. Uh, again, it is the great white throne judgment. Uh, you find this again in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And here, Jesus, our, I mean, God, here, God the Father will uh, reside over this judgment. Again, this will be the judgment of the unredeemed. Here, God's going to open the book of life on the, on the unredeemed and show them that they did not, uh, 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 I mean, that their lives are not in the book of life. Their name does not appear in the book of life. And God's going to judge the unredeemed and, and every one of them, every man, woman uh, that will stand before the white throne, every one of them was so sad, going to be damned. Every one of them will, will literally give an account for their rejection of God. Uh, God's going to open the scriptures on the unredeemed, and he's going to show them everything he did to save them. He's going to walk them through the passages of the scripture and show them how he had the plan of redemption. All they had to do was accept his son, but again, mankind rejected him. So uh, this, is, again, is another heavenly event. Uh, this will take place in the third heaven, uh, and again, this is where God's going to judge unredeemed. Now, I want to come down and give you the last uh, 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 event that would take place in heaven, and this event uh, is, uh, I call it the eternal state. And this is where uh, mankind will spend eternity. And what's going to happen here? God's abode, the third heaven, the new Jerusalem, the Bible says, the new Jerusalem will come out of heaven and it's going to literally reside on planet earth. Uh, look at this wonderful illustration here. This is uh, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, the new, uh, new Jerusalem. And here, this new Jerusalem here is going to literally come out of the third heaven and it's going to reside and come down upon the new earth, the new heavens and new earth that God's going to prepare. And here, the throne of God will reside uh, in the new, new earth. And again, we, the redeemed, will literally be with God during that time. I want to give you a passage here, Revelation 21, verse 2 and 3. John wrote, he says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, or out of the third heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle or the house of God is with men. 
and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Man, this is exciting. God's uh, throne will literally come out of the third heaven, and it will literally reside upon the new earth. We, the redeemed, will spend eternity with God uh, as heaven becomes a part of the new earth. God will fellowship with mankind forever from that point on. And it's going to be beautiful because it's going to be for the redeemed, for the righteous. So uh, I, I, w- I would say this, I barely scraped the surface of heaven. Uh, I mean, there's so much that you can look at regarding heaven based on scripture here. And I just, just, just gave you a little, just a little sampling of, of scriptures. Uh, the Bible tells us a lot about this place. You know, uh, I long for the day when, when, I, when I can go to heaven. I really do. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that time. You know, many people today have many misconceptions about heaven. You know, you watch commercials on TV and you see people floating on clouds with harps uh, eating Philadelphia cream cheese. You know, that's totally unbiblical. You know, as a matter of fact, that would literally be boring if that is what heaven is like. Listen, we won't be floating on clouds with wings and having harps uh, on clouds. That is boring. That is not the way God designed it. We will spend eternity upon the new heavens and new earth uh, that God's going to renovate for mankind. And again, we're going to have a wonderful future uh, uh, with the Lord. Now, uh, again, I'm always honored and privileged uh, to stand here uh, in in Pastor uh, Tom's uh, stead uh, on his program, and I just pray today that we share some wonderful things uh, uh, that have helped you. Now, what I'm going to do in closing, as I always do, uh, Tom allows me to just share a little bit about our ministry and just mention some of the things that we have. Uh, We have a number of ministry materials that I want to bring into the screen that you can actually go to our website and get. Uh, This is a wonderful series called uh, uh, Bible Prophecy, God's Order of Events. Uh, This is a 12 DVD set, and in this uh, 12 pack, we do have the message of heaven. Uh, We have the message of hell as well. We have the counterpart to that, but it's a wonderful teaching there. Uh, Also, here's the message called heaven. You can actually get the message uh, uh, by, by itself. And then we have this series uh, dealing with understanding uh, uh, the book of Revelation. We're doing a full series, verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation. Uh, and then you can go to, go to our site there. We have a number of DVDs that we have there. You can go there. Uh, these are three programs, each from our TV program. Uh, that's on our website. Then we have our Bible prophecy manual. It's a user-friendly guide designed to help you understand Bible prophecy. We have a pull-out chart in the end, which is a dispensational chart, a chart of time. And again, uh, it's also a part of that. And then last but not least, uh, you can contact our ministry. Uh, our ministry is at www.according2prophecy.org. We're also a part of the social media. We have a Facebook. We're now part of Parlor and also Twitter. You can go to any one of them to con- contact our ministry as well. Uh, we're part of the Truly Family Entertainment Network. Uh, we have our official YouTube channel. And then we're part of his channel. We have a weekly program that airs every week on his channel. Every Thursday evening at 7.30, you can go to his channel and watch our program. It's called Your Future in Bible Prophecy. Well, it's been a privilege as always to, uh, to be with you. And I just pray and hope that we have, have uh, shared something today that has stirred your hearts regarding uh, God's prophetic word. You know, God wants us all in these latter days to be students of his word. And I hope I've shared something to encourage you about our eternal home with our Lord in heaven. So God bless, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.